Ephesians chapter number 6, and I mentioned this morning um, we'll be having Ron Comfort next Sunday, and then we have graduation, uh, kindergarten graduation from Canaan Baptist Academy, Biella Cherry, and then we'll be recognizing other graduates, and, and one of which is Naomi Meyerholtz, and she's graduating this year, May 24th, 7 p.m., Cross Point Christian Academy. Is that still on go? You haven't messed it up yet? All right. Brother Meyerholt said, nope, she can't turn back now. It's, it's going through. We started this matter of understanding, and I thought it, this would help us in light of the looking for freedom and victory, getting into dealing with the Holy Spirit, getting into the Spirit-filled life. Because when we start getting into that realm, I believe is when we see the opposition. Everyone knows revival meeting, we're going to have opposition, but we don't oftentimes realize why the opposition comes. It's not because the, the devil just hates evangelists or guest preachers. It's not that he just doesn't want us to meet together. It's because of the nature of a real revival meeting is a meeting for revival. Revival is life again, re again. Vive is life. And, and when we get to that abundant life, we're not getting back to something as much as we're getting back to someone. Salvation is a person. Revival, too, is a person. And we're getting back to him. Well, spiritual warfare really increases. And so we started, we talked about this matter of the battle, and we noticed the nature of the battle, and we kind of gave that, that chess piece illustration and working through that, and then the opposition. And I, I don't know that I'm going to have any uh, outline here for you. I will, I will provide an outline as we move through this, but I want, want to try to uh, get us to think about this a little bit more and just... Um, try to, to bring it together before we really move in to some things in, in the weeks ahead. And I know we only have a couple before the, the, um, the, the parentheses there in June, and we'll pick back up in July. But the truth is, as I'm working on this, I can see us going through the rest of the year in different facets of it, moving into dealing with strongholds and dealing with marital strongholds emotional strongholds, food strongholds, and uh, debt strongholds. And just working through those, well, if we don't understand spiritual warfare, we're not going to understand how to get victory in these strongholds and, and then various areas. We are in a battle. We're in a war. In fact, it's unlike any other war that we've ever seen. We did mention this last week, that spiritual warfare is the cosmic conflict waged in the invisible, spiritual realm, but simultaneously fleshed out in the visible and the physical realm. Spiritual warfare is the cosmic conflict that is waged in the invisible, spiritual realm, but simultaneously it's fleshed out in the visible and the physical realm. And to put it another way, the root of the war is something you cannot see. But the effects of the war, we clearly see it, we feel it, we experience it. And this is because everything physical is either influenced or caused by something spiritual. 
And so in Ephesians chapter 6, we're looking at the location of the battle tonight. Notice in verse number 10, we'll let you remain seated. Notice what he says, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I made reference last week that in my Bible here, beside verse 12, I've written the words, do battle with the right enemy. Do battle with the right enemy. This battle that we're in, it's so very critical. And it is so very costly for what is at stake. So it's essential that we start this out by laying the foundation that would be solid for our strategy. And the first thing that we need to know is where this battle takes place. In Ephesians 6, we just read that this is not against flesh and blood. Meaning, your battle is not with your neighbor it's not with a spouse, it's not with a coworker, a child, or even your own propensities of weakness in the flesh. It's not. People are simply the conduits of the spiritual battle that is taking place in another realm. Our battle, according to the Word of God, is against the rulers, the powers, the world forces of wickedness located in heavenly places. Now, he says heavenly places, in high places, spiritual wickedness in high places. And this is something you find throughout the book of Ephesians. Now, here's a principle, another principle. Whatever has gone on, whatever is going on, or will go on in your visible, physical world is rooted in the invisible spiritual realm. Whatever has gone on, is going on, or will go on in your visible, in your physical world is rooted in the invisible spiritual realm. See, if you don't know how to navigate in the spiritual realm, you cannot hope to truly overcome in the physical realm. And this highlights a problem we often run into. Because even as God's people, we try to fix in the physical realm, we try to fix things, and we do this by using methods of the world, even though this world is not where our problems originate. We're like the person in the living room when we see a bad guy and we see a shootout. If you're sitting there, you pull your gun out and you start shooting at the TV. Well, if you shoot your TV, you're merely going to add to the mess that's going on. You might feel better for a moment because you did something, but in the end, nothing's solved. In fact, things have only gotten worse. See, our battles originate in the spiritual realm. That is the high places. That is the heavenly places. So the only way to fight the things in the high heavenly places is to fight them with the weapons that work in that realm. What are these high places? Again, number of times you find in the book of Ephesians, and it's letting us know the scope as well as the occupants that are in this location. And notice in chapter 1 and verse 3 where we find a first reference to this. 
Chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You know what this verse is telling us? It's telling us that everything God is ever going to do for us, He's already done it. Every spiritual blessing is already located in the unseen realm. Every promise God has ever made and plans to fulfill in your behalf, every gift you will ever receive from God, every hope that you will ever be satisfied has already been deposited in your account in the spiritual realm. See, he tells us God has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places with Christ, in Christ. Your blessings, we talked about victory, your victory, it's already located there. It has your name on it. It's waiting, God's waiting for you to believe. Remember we said believe means to receive. He's waiting for you to appropriate and grab these blessings, use them, and walk in them. But many believers live defeated lives simply because they are unaware of this truth. That everything you need, Peter tells us the same thing. All spiritual blessings, everything we need to live the victorious life has already been provided and it's found in the heavenly places in Christ. Yet Paul makes it clear in this passage that we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the spiritual realm. In spiritual warfare, Satan tries to deceive you and to believe that God is holding out on you. And that it's up to you to get God to give you both blessings and victory. Satan wants you to think that if you pray more, give more, serve more, sin less, do better, worship more, well, maybe God will give you more. That's what Satan wants you to think. And this, what this does is it shifts focus off of God and what he's already done in the spiritual realm. And it puts the focus on us and what we need to do in the physical realm. Oh, what does he do when it comes to salvation? He gets people to take their eyes off of what Jesus has already done and focuses on what they have to do in order to get saved. And the world has bought into that. World religions somehow seem to be more appealing because it focuses on something that I can do. And if I can do it, then certainly I'll get it. Well, you'll get it, but you won't get him. Because you don't receive the gift by what you do. You receive the gift of eternal life, the person of Jesus Christ, by the decision to place your faith and trust and dependence upon him. See, doing things in the physical realm is good as a Christian. It's good. It's beneficial for spiritual growth, cultivating intimacy with God and others. But those things are not the keys to accessing what God already has for us in the spiritual realm. Yeah, praying. Uh, I, I do that, and it helps cultivate that communion with God. 
but it doesn't get me any favor or any merit with God. Reading my Bible, encouraging us to spend more time and take the word of God more. It's not a work that I do to merit his power. It is listening to the one who is the God of all power. See, the way to access the power of your blessings is through a biblical understanding and application of two things. Grace through faith. Grace through faith. In other words, the way you get saved is the way you live the Christian life. You don't work, work to get your salvation. He's already done all the work. In the Christian life, you don't get his power by doing work. You need his power to enable you to do the work. And in order to get his power, you've got to understand he has provided everything that we need and it's seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And the way we access it, the way we receive it is not by trying harder and doing more. Hudson Taylor described that when he said, I, the more I would strive, the more I would fast, the more Bible that I would read, the longer I would pray, only left me frustrated. Why? Because your flesh is weak, it'll always be weak. The flesh profits nothing. And Hudson Taylor learned that secret that John talks about, abiding in him. Abiding in him, that's what we're, we're moving towards in the Galatians series. But grace through faith, grace. In grace, God has made every believer complete in Jesus. See, religious works that we do in an effort to get something from God, it actually nullifies grace. It can't be works and grace. You'll either accept God's grace or you're going to reject God's grace and you're going to do the work instead. That's what Galatians 5, 1 through 4 is about. Because grace and works can never be mixed. That's what Paul said in Romans 11 and verse 6. You can't mix the oil and water. You can't mix, mix grace and works. We need grace to enable us to do the work. But if you're going to try to work to please God and access his power, you're going to do so without the grace of God. So grace is the point of access. How do we get God's blessing and power? It's, it's his grace. It's his enabling. Well, the way we enter into grace is faith. See, faith is acting as if God's telling the truth. It's acting as if something is true even when it doesn't appear to be true in order that it might be shown to be true simply because God said it's true. Did you get that? You didn't write it down. Faith is acting as if something is true, even when it doesn't appear to be true, in order that it might be shown to be true, simply because God said it's true. Go back and listen to Dr. Jim's message, and he'll elaborate on that. See, the job of faith is to discover what the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places already are, and ask God for them, and make life choices in light of that reality. Well, you say, well, then how do you proceed from there? By the grace that he gives you. Okay? Are you with me? So far, we've seen, looking at last week, 
We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a position of victory. We've already seen that whatever has gone on is going on or will go on in our physical world is rooted in the spiritual realm. And every spiritual blessing is located in the spiritual realm. And Paul tells us more about the spiritual realm. Notice in verse number 19 of chapter 1. Look at 19 and 20. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the, what is it? Heavenly, Heavenly places. See, Paul has already told us that all of our spiritual blessings are waiting for us to access them in the heavenly places. And now he tells us something else that's in the heavenlies, and that is the one who's in charge. Jesus Christ is seated in this very same place. See, that means that if you want to get to the one who's in charge, Jesus, you'll need to approach him where he is, and he's in the spiritual realm in the heavenly places. Now, in the next chapter of Ephesians, Paul gives us more detail about this. Notice in chapter 2. In chapter 2, notice in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Verse number 9, let's finish it out. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So we've seen in the heavenly places, that's where our blessings are located. We've seen in the heavenly places, that's where Jesus Christ is seated. But we also learn that as a believer, as a child of God, the moment you got saved, you're seated positionally with Jesus in these same heavenly places. You know, right this very minute, you and I are spiritually seated with Christ in the spiritual realm. Now, this is an important truth to remember. If you are focusing only where you are sitting right now physically, you're not viewing your location as being in the same place as where the solutions to your problems actually exist. Where you are physically is not the only place you're located. I know that for some, mentally, you've felt that way for quite some time. and just not all there all the time. But, but he's talking about spiritually. We'll, we'll get to the mental another time. Art Linkletter, who was that famous um, uh, leader in the radio broadcast industry, he was speaking one time at a, at a, uh, a senior residence center, and, and he was talking to a lady, and he just picked up on the fact that she may not have known who he was. He said, ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no, but if you'll check in at the front desk, they'll tell you who, the, who you are. And we do that all the time. She said, don't be embarrassed about it. And so well, sometimes we just might not be all there, but at least we can check in somewhere at the front desk and they'll help us. But he's talking about in the spiritual realm. You're located with Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us that at the moment you trusted in Christ, 
for your salvation, you are transported to another realm. Even though your physical body is here on earth, your spirit, the part of you that has been designed with the capacity to control your physical body, that part of you that when your body ceases to, to live, your breath is taken from you, your heart stops beating, your spirit will forever live, that spirit is operating in another location. See, Paul tells us more about this other location even in the next chapter. And go over to chapter number 3. Chapter number 3, and notice in verse number 8. I haven't seen Dr. Childs' signature in some time, but he used to, I would see him use, sign his name with this verse. Ephesians 3 and verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in, say these two words, heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Not only are your spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Jesus Christ seated in the heavenly places. If you're saved, you yourself is located in the spiritual realm at this point in time. But he's also telling us that the angels, rulers and authorities are also operating in the spiritual realm. Now why is it important to talk about the angels? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's better to have an angel battling a demon than to battle a demon yourself in the flesh. You say, can you explain all that about the angels? I certainly cannot. But what the Bible does give us, we can go into at some point in time. But there is a battle with the angelic host. And the Bible calls God the Lord of hosts. And that name refers to his military charge over an angelic host whose job is to go up against any demonic actions and activity that might be attacking you. And I say amen. Amen. So you may be physically strong. You may lift weights. You might be powerful in your body. But you and I ought to know right well that we're no competition for a demon. In order to call on angelic help, you need to have a heavenly mindset because angels do battles in heavenly places. Hebrews 1 and verse 14, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So you have someone who knows and understands the spiritual realm better than you whose job is to function in that realm in a way that benefits you. Uh, Sometimes people refer to them as guardian angels and and, and I think a lot of what we think about it is, is conjured up by what we've seen on television. But it would behoove us to figure out what the Bible says about it and get that kind of a mindset. And I don't think that our answer is found in the angels. Our answer is found in God himself. But I'm simply saying that there's a realm of that angelic host that does battle in the heavenlies. It's a potent truth. Yet while every Christian has angels whose task is to minister to you uh, from a heavenly place, every Christian also has 
demonic opposition whose goal is to make all hell break loose in his or her life. Now notice Ephesians 6 and verse 12 again. We started there, but notice in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These spiritual forces of wickedness are demons. They too are located in the heavenly places. So Paul is telling the church of Ephesus, our blessings are located in the heavenly places. Jesus is located in the heavenly places. We as God's people are seated in the heavenly place with Jesus. Angels are in the heavenly places. Demonic activity is in the realm of the heavenly places. So with so much going on in the heavenly places, doesn't it make much more sense that we should learn and apply as much as we can on how to function and operate effectively in heavenly places? After all, we are in a war and ground zero is not here. It's the heavenly places. The physical world simply manifests what is already happening in the spiritual realm. If you are unaware of the reality of the spiritual realm, you will be unaware of how that realm operates. And it will cause you to be unprepared, ill-equipped to live out your victory in your physical life. I want us to realize that our ultimate reality is taking place in the heavenly places, in the spiritual realm. See, conversations, decisions, battles, and the like, they occur in the spiritual realm, unilaterally impacting what takes place in our physical lives. There's no doubt about that. But unless we realize that truth, we will continue to look for physical solutions to solve spiritual problems manifesting themselves in our physical lives. And we will forever be stuck. Thankfully, God's given to us an item to use, a guide. And it's the Word of God. And it reminds us of our true spiritual location. When we read God's word, we're reminded that all spiritual warfare, as well as our solutions for that warfare, they are located in the spiritual realm. So physical solutions cannot fix uh, um, spiritual problems. Physical solutions cannot fix spiritual problems or even physical problems that originate in the spiritual realm. It just simply cannot. So rather than spending all of our time, money, effort, strength, mental energy, conversations, and anything else we can come up with to help us fare better in this physical world, we ought to first be learning and applying spiritual warfare practices and techniques so we can defeat our enemy and access our blessings in the spiritual realm. You know, the demonic realm does not want you to know what we've just discussed the demonic realm wants you to continue to live and do battle in the world of your five senses. If you only live within the realm of your five senses, you'll never know God. You can know about Him, but you're going to miss Him because He doesn't operate simply in that realm of the five senses. He is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
But the demonic realm wants you to continue to live in battle in the world of your five senses so that you will try to fix your situation with the limited weapons associated with your five senses. What ends up happening, though, is that a lot of time, money, energy gets wasted trying to do away with bad fruit while never addressing the spiritual root. But again, would you remember this principle? If all you see is what you see, you will never see all that there is to be seen. If all you see is what you see, you will never see all that there is to be seen. Since the invisible realm affects the visible realm, if you want to fix something in the physical realm, a marriage, family, some strongholds in your life, you must first address the invisible and the spiritual root behind it. And a failure to address the invisible spiritual cause simply leads to failure to experience long-term and complete physical, physical, visible victory. We're going to move into studying Satan's strategy and games. But before we could ever get to that, we must let this resonate. You go through the book of Ephesians. And if you can find that the blessing spiritually or some other place, you let me know. If you find that Jesus is seated some other place and his place of authority is located somewhere else, let me know. And then once a person becomes a child of God, you find that he seats us somewhere else, let me know. And if you find that the angelic being and the demonic battles raging are in some other place, let me know because that's where we need to focus. But he's told us. And he wants us to be not ignorant of his devices, but very aware so that we can experience in the physical, visible realm all the victory that he has won. But if all you see is what you see, you will never see all that there is to be seen. Let's stand together, please.